You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 16, Sheena of Superfly Honey. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Sheena, the founder and boss babe of Superfly Honey Poleware. Sheena was inspired to start a poleware line after falling in love with pole dance and falling out of love with her career in the corporate world. On this episode, we talk about how passion is more important than education when starting a business, the realities of being a one-woman show, and how she has successfully launched a brand that embodies her personal voice and spirit. And as always, head on over to the blog at poleparlor.com to check out Sheena's post-podcast interview where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And now, here's Miss Superfly Honey herself. Me, I'm Superfly, Super Duper Fly, Super Duper Fly. Welcome, Sheena from Superfly Honey to Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? Hi, everyone. I'm good. Thank you. So good to have you from coming all the way from Australia. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me onto your show. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, so excited to have you. Um, So let's jump on in. For how long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? I've been playing for about mm, three years now, on and off, since I've been traveling a bit. So it's just when I'm back in Sydney, um, I have a pole in my room. (laughs) So I just do it at home and learn from YouTube. Um, But it's been great. I mean, how did I get into pole dancing is I took a gap year off work. um, And it's something that I've always wanted to do, but haven't been able to do because I travel a lot for work. So then I decided to take a gap year and then... I just went polling every day at a studio since I didn't have to work, and that's how I really got into it. What's a gap year? Oh, you just take it's when you work? take one year off work or study to do whatever you want, like oh, travel, hobbies, everything that... that you've always wanted to do. Oh, okay. So it's not like something official. It's just something that anyone can uh, no, I, I, I could mean, take a gap year. I don't have to be Australian yeah, yeah. to take a gap year. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I should freaking take a gap year. What the hell have I been doing? <laughs> like a sabbatical. Sabbatical. Yes. Okay. I see now. Okay. So you were just working, and you decided to take a year off, and you found pole around that time, and you got addicted and intensely into it. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what happened. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then so as we know, um, I should have set this up before, but you are the owner of Superfly Honey, and which is a poleware line out of Sydney, Australia. So what inspired you to create your line? I'm assuming this happened during your gap year. Uh, Well, during the gap year, that's when I really fell in love with pole dancing. It taught me a lot of things about myself. Like, you know, when you first start and you look at your pole instructor and they do all these moves and you're like, wow, I would never be yes. able to do that because it just looks impossible. And then you try it yourself and it's so painful. Um, but over time when you train hard and you keep going at it, you realize that it actually is possible and you, you surprise yourself at how strong you get. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence. Not, not just in pole, but it translates into other areas of life as well. So I thought, wow, this pole is actually really amazing because it does a lot of things for me in a way that I guess running didn't, yoga didn't. And then it, it makes you feel, I don't know, sexy? Yes, <laughs> um, it should. <laughs> and I think with pole, you get out what you put in. Yeah. And so I just really like that whole element of pole. So I kept doing it. And then after my gap year, um, I went back to work and I pulled less because of work again and I'm like oh no I don't like work it always takes me away from the things I want to (laughs) do so I'm like okay I'm gonna quit my job and find something that I can do that incorporates and all because I found that um, people who poll they're very passionate about it and everyone seems to tell me how 
Paul changed their life or going through a tough down in their life, how Paul really helped them come out of that. And I and I did yoga before, but I I didn't get that same passion from yoga and I didn't sense that other people felt the same way. Yoga is more just a, you know, after work you go for a workout, but Paul seems to be people's life. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing for you as well, because you yes. started a podcast about it, so you must be crazy passionate about it as well and know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, I can completely relate to thinking, hmm, what can I do besides the actual polling that is involved with polling because I love it so much, but I can't <laughs> physically poll all the time. So, Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. So what was your job then before you decided that you wanted to pursue Superfly Honey? Were you a fashion designer? No, not at all, actually. Um, Something on the completely opposite realm of the spectrum. So designers like creative. Um, I worked in finance and business consulting. So in a corporate job. And um, I did that for about mm, three years. And it just wasn't for me at all, at all. (laughs) I had to travel a lot, um, long hours. Oh, and you know, when when I say travel a lot for work, people think it's so glamorous, but it really isn't because you spend all your time on the plane or in the hotel working and it wasn't for me. Yeah, I think that um, if you're like a travel journalist, that could be really cool. But if you're traveling for finance, like I don't think people should be delusional that that is like some (laughs) sexy thing. (laughs) Exactly, yes. Unless you're like, you know, I I know you interviewed um, Shane Evans. Yes. And she travels a lot um, being a journalist for a poll. So that is definitely glamorous and and exciting. Yeah. I am very jealous (laughs) of that. Yes, that's (laughs) been traveling for work is awesome. (laughs) But you didn't have that yet. So then you said to hell with this finance, I'm starting a fashion brand that revolves around pole. What, what, why did you pick pole wear? You just, that was what popped into your head when you were like, I want to do something with pole business wise. You thought I want, I don't like the outfits are out there or I have this idea for a creative concept (laughs) for like a line of clothes. Is that kind of how it was? I well, I did. I did pole wear for a while, and I went to a few studios, and I noticed girls like to wear, you know, something a bit sexier. So some girls literally wore um, bikinis or their Victoria's Secrets to us. Yeah. Um, in Australia, pole dancing is a bit more sexy, I find, <laughs> than other parts of the That's world. That's what Shane said too. <laughs> which is cool I just picture all you like tan Australians with your cute accents and little bikinis and like eight inch heels so I thought oh there is a gap in the market like because you know girls are wearing some girls are wearing their Nikes and their Lorna Jane's just the general active wear and then some girls are wearing bikinis and I felt in Australia there wasn't much um pole wear labels I think at the time at that time, there wasn't many, but now there's a few more popping up. Yeah. Um, and I wanted something simple and minimal, yet at the same time classy. So kind of like like lingerie, but not as sexy as lingerie, but with the support. So, for example, like crotch coverage, for example. Yes. You can't really wear lingerie support because if you do the splits, then it doesn't leave much of the imagination. <laughs> True. So I wanted True. to wear something sexy like that, but with crotch coverage, of course. Just little things like that. I thought that um, it didn't exist in the market and then something that I could bring and something that I could have a bit of fun with as well. <laughs> That's cool. So you quit your job and just started this line. Was it just you? Did you partner up with someone that was able to kind of handle the technical end or do you just kind of work with vendors on that? Um, I work all alone with it. So how it started was I went to Bali for a wedding. And at that time, I had just broken up from a long-term relationship. Mm. So I was in the whole eat, pray, love mindset. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, very cliche, but uh, that's exactly what happened. I went to Bali and then I went to Ubud and I did some meditation and yoga. And then, I don't know, in that moment, I'm like, wow, I should really just quit corporate because i it's been a while. I haven't been liking it for a long time. Okay. And so I should just go back to Australia, quit, stop corporate, move back to Bali because I really like Bali and um, find a factory, find a manufacturer. Because I know a lot of people do like 
small bikini labels in Bali because it's not like China where you need to spend lots of money to do a production run. You can just do a start small. And I know a few people who did that. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. I don't know anyone in Bali. I don't have any partnerships in Bali. But, I mean, I can speak and I can walk, so I'll just (laughs) figure it out while I'm there. That's so cool. See, that's (laughs) the thing. People think that you need to be like an expert in something and able to. Not at all. To try, but you Uh, were just like, I want to fucking do this and I'll figure it out. (laughs) I got pictures in my head. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're exactly right. I mean, it's not some, I think people overthink things. So obviously if I wanted to be a doctor, I can't just go and be a doctor, right? You should get trained that, yeah. For other things, for example, like fashion design, you really don't need to get trained. I mean, obviously, you need to do research and you need to learn a bit about it and you need to do fittings and testings. But I think it's not as complicated as it sounds. You just have to try. Yeah, there's definitely value in being educated in it, but it doesn't, you shouldn't dismiss it if you're not type of thing. Exactly. And I guess I learned that from pole as well. Like, you know, a lot of people will try, look at pole and they're like, I can never do that. I'm yeah. not even going to try. Because yeah. I, I, I try to get some of my friends into it and they're like, no, nah, I can never do what you can do. Same here. But I'm yeah. like, no. I'm sure when you started it as well, when you looked at people doing it, like you thought that you'd never be able to do it. But look at where you are now. <laughs> I remember when I first started them, someone doing an invert and I was like, what the hell? I will never <laughs> do that. That is incredible. And, you know, and it took me a while to get it. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, now, now you just like, oh, yes, that's just an invert. And so that's, exactly. yeah, what seems like so unachievable at one moment <laughs> can then all of a sudden be so, so easy to you eventually. It, it, it's so like, like second nature. Like, I, I remember Superman. Do you know Superman? I know you got people yes. call it different things. But I yeah. remember when I first tried Superman, it gave me the biggest Chinese burn. And I'm like, I'm never attempting this move again. Why would people do this to themselves? <laughs> but now I can just like flip do into it, it and yeah. it doesn't feel like I can hold it. It feels very comfortable. Yeah. And I think, think about that. I mean, that's kind of a lot of things in life too. Such a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I use pole as a metaphor for yeah. a lot of things in life. When you first start something, it may burn a lot in between your legs, but it'll start feeling better. <laughs> Wait, maybe that's not the metaphor we're going for, but <laughs> you get exactly the point. <laughs> yes, but that totally makes sense. And so I love the name Superfly Honey, but what can you explain to us? What is a Superfly Honey? <laughs> well, there is no like smart, creative way that I came across that name. But I mean, the simple truth is that I went clubbing. Um, out in town with a good friend of mine and basically he just saw this super hot super sexy graceful lady and he's like wow that is one super fly honey (laughs) and he was just checking her out and I'm like that really rolls like you know super fly honey it sounds it really rolls off your tongue and I'm like is that like a guy slang thing that you guys use and he's like no I just I just made it up (laughs) <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm like, yeah, she is really hot. And But it's not, it wasn't just that. It was, I think she was just very happy. Um, joy, there's this French phrase I can never pronounce, but it's joy de verre mm-hmm. or something. And it means joy of life. Yeah. Just, she was genuinely joyous and happy. Um, just dancing on the, dancing on the dance floor. So I thought that's exactly how I envisage this label to represent like sexy and but not just that just happy ah so I'm like so, so I'm like okay I'm stealing that phrase from you Josh his name is Josh <laughs> and he's like yeah that's fine so it's 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 named after a girl that I've never met in life that my friend was checking out <laughs> and she, maybe who knows maybe she's a pole dancer maybe and she'll maybe. never know Ooh, that's pretty cool <laughs> That's rad. And so how do you get inspiration for your collection? Like what's your process, especially if you don't come from a design background? Do you like hand sketch and then hand over? And then like, do you have a process of um, like, do you go back to Bali to be inspired or anything like that? Or are you just like seeing what what's missing out there? 
for inspiration, anything really. So anything in my life that's happening, I'm very, I'm driven by what the events happening in my life. So collection one, um, during that time, I was at a crossroads in my life. A lot of things were happening. I just quit my job, corporate job, just gotten out of a long-term relationship. So a lot of things happening. So with collection one, there's a lot of um, crosses in the collection. Ah. So that's just to represent that the, a lot of crossroads that I was that was happening in my life at the moment, um, and then I travel a lot as well. Um, so for collection two, I went to Myanmar, and the traditional dress there is you know very feminine and lacy. So there's a lace um, element in the second collection, and what else? Oh, bondage. Ah. <laughs> there's a lot of bondage theme in the second collection, just because I feel like. I'm more, I feel more confident and in my life where I'm at. So that's kind of representing of that. So it's a bit more daring than the first collection, I'd say. So it, it really is just things that are happening in my life, you know, like even if I like and travel and what other people wear. Um, as far as the creative process, um, I do the initial sketches. So I'm actually really bad at drawing. <laughs> so it's high-level sketches I use my hands a lot to explain to the technical so there's a technical drawer who translates my ideas into a technical drawing which is when you have the actual measurements and that's where the fabric is cut from and then the factory makes a sample and then I kind of get to see what's in my head become (laughs) something in real life yeah and then we make edits so obviously sometimes I'm not the best at explaining or the factory makes it wrong. So then we go back to the drawing board and we re-edit and then we make another sample and you do that again and again. Sometimes it, we change it up to like 10, 20 times. It's actually oh, wow. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, because there has to be challenges with it being pole wear too. Like they may not know like, oh, I need exceptional crotch coverage or I need this area yes. exposed. What has been the challenge with that? Oh, with the crotch thing. Oh, that that was a um. So they're they're used to bikinis, you know, like yes. everyone. There's so many bikini labels. So I did tell them that the crotch needs to be like at least ten, fifteen centimeters wide. But I don't know. They forgot, and so a whole production run was made where it just like bikinis, where it was too thin, and it. So I'm like, no, this really just won't do. Like I thought about just running with it, and I'm like, no, that defeats the whole point of pole wear. Then it just bikini. <laughs> so we had to redo that whole production run oh my goodness so um yeah there has been a lot of challenges because pole wear is very different from you know bikinis um but but it's it's been a learning curve for me and for the factory (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know it's good though that you 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 only have one chance to really get your reputation right so that's good that you kind of redid this because <laughs> yes you know people would just oh those are the ones that are the crotch is too small yes. and maybe never tried again so unfortunately it's probably a tough decision but it's good that you did it <laughs> no you're exactly right because it's, it's hard to get your reputation back up when when you do something wrong the first time around because you know trust it's yeah it's once you it's kind of like trust you know once you lose it it's hard to get back and that's the same with um brands when they do something wrong Mm -hmm. so the first collection it did take me like over a year to do but it was a learning experience and it was worth it (laughs) that's how it goes yeah that's why I love have like talking with you and and people (laughs) who do things along the lines of you because it you know, you don't realize all of the toil that goes on in the background. So it wasn't like you decided you're going to start a pole brand and then like two months later you <laughs> launched. It's like, it's work. I I didn't even know the kind of effort that and hard work that would go into doing it. And I think that's, that's a plus for yeah. me actually not knowing because I think if I knew, I would be like, no. <laughs> hmm, this no. finance isn't sounding so bad after all. <laughs> So there is a good part in not knowing how difficult something is because if you knew, maybe a lot of people wouldn't do it. Um, And also I think once you're in it, you've gone so far in the process, like you've invested so much time, so much money that you don't really have a choice but to keep going for sheer sake of you've put so much in it already. Uh, (laughs) So I think that's another good thing about it is that that actually forces you to push through even though when you feel like you really can't 
Yeah, you've got you've gotten through the toughest part at this point. It seems like. <laughs> yes, I think so. I hope so. Uh, the second collection was a much easier than the first collection because I mean now I know about materials and now I know what things to look for and now I know how to manage the factory better. Yeah, and how many? How often do you do do a collection? Is it once a year, or twice a year? So I launched the so the label is quite new. I launched the label in October last year. So two thousand fourteen, two thousand and fifteen, really? Mm. Right, so it's less than a, it's less than a year old. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but and you start. It took you a year to get up to the launch, but then you launched yeah. in October. Okay. Wow. I thought it was a little older than that, but that's pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> Damn yeah. girl. And you've already done two collections. You're working on the third now. Um, I've released one, and now I've just finished designing okay. the second, but I haven't released it yet. Okay. So it sounds <laughs> like it's going to be twice a year. Yes. Well, at the moment, once a year, but I am aiming for twice a year, depending on how quickly I work. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that's cool. And so no one's rushing you because especially when you're new, people are still discovering you. So it's not like you have complete brand awareness and everyone's seen it and then you're in this like rush to get out something new like it is in, Uh you know, the fashion world, which is pretty – that's something that I never thought about actually is that – because so many people are being introduced to pole, you know, mm, it's exactly. every, you know, every day more and more people are starting to pole dance for the first time. So that's like a new customer who would just be discovering you who has not known that this collection has been out for six months or whatever. It's a brand new collection <laughs> to them. So you're like constantly feeding into your client base, which is cool. <laughs> Yes, that's a great. That's another thing I why I chose to do Paul because you're exactly right. I think so many people um, are accepting more like Paul now, and I think it's such a growing industry. And there's Paul studios opening everywhere around the world, and it's just the stigma's going, and it's being very recognized as a fitness thing now. Yeah, what? So I think it's a great industry to get into. Is it um, in Australia? I know that pole has kind of been a thing longer in Australia than it has in here in the U.S. So, but is there kind of a stigma there as well? Is it still something that people are um, learning about, or is it more well known? It's quite well known. Um, I wouldn't say it's as well known as this. I think it's bigger in the states. But uh, Sydney started with Bobby's. I'm sure you've heard of Bobby's. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) <laughs> so they're kind of like the founders of pole I would say in Sydney and that's they are the ones who started with the heels and the very sexy style um but now pole is actually becoming more there's more different types of more contemporary pole or burlesque pole or more fitness focused pole as well in Sydney now okay. so it's becoming more diverse to cater towards mm-hmm. all sorts of people yeah um, a lot of a few guys do pole too as well. Yes, <laughs> and I think even children in gymnastics, but that's still very very new. Yeah, that, that's that something. definitely hasn't learned. That. That's still a bit of an issue, but the conversation has started though with about children polling. <laughs> yes, we've talked about it on the podcast before too. So it's an, an emerging issue in the United States as well. Yeah. Oh. oh yes. Yeah. So okay. So you're. It's, it kind of seems like maybe we're on the same track. But Sydney, probably more than elsewhere in Australia, it's more established yes. because of yeah. Anyone who's listening that doesn't know, look up Bobby's Pole Studio. Bobby um, started Miss Pole Dance America, or excuse me, Miss Pole Dance Australia, which inspired Alethea Austin's Miss Pole Dance America, and mm-hmm. as well as many other Miss Pole Dance competitions around the world. And she opened, I think it was the first pole studio in Sydney. And yes, I yeah, think so. It's really um, an, an important studio where um, it kind of went at a time when pole was really unknown. She put it out there. So she's a really important figure in the pole community. So, um, and so you mentioned before Shane Evans, who's a prior guest on the podcast, and she is a Superfly Honey brand ambassador. 
Um, and so, which we talked about, but I wanted to get your perspective. How do you pick your brand ambassadors and what's it mean to be a Superfly Honey brand ambassador? <laughs> so I have three ambassadors. So Shane, as you know, I approached her cause I've been following her a while for a while now on her Instagram. And I really like that. She was really down. She's really down to earth, very inspiring and she had a very good following and I liked everything on her Instagram. So I decided to approach her and say, hey, would you like, I, I have this label that I haven't launched yet, but would you like to um, represent me and I'll give you some, you know, pole apparel and if you like it, you can wear it in all your shirts and help spread the word, especially since she's an Australian um, living in LA. So I thought that was a perfect fit as well. Um, the other two um, came to me. Um, one, the first one is called Joanna Scora and she's actually my first ambassador and she came to me, I'd say more than two years ago when I was still working things out, but I had started setting up an Instagram account already and just to ask for people's feedback on the designs and to let people know what was in the works to come. And she approached me and she's a aerialist, um, in silks in New York body and pole. Cool. Yes. And at that time, I was thinking that, um, you know, someone would even want to represent my brand. I didn't really even know what brand ambassadors was at that time. And she was telling me what they do and what she can contribute to the brand. And I think I just really got along with her um, as friends as well. So I'm like, okay, why not? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the last ambassador, Haley Morris, she came to me as well. She was doing a pole, um, a music trailer, and they wanted pole dancers in it. So she wanted to wear Superfly Honey, but I hadn't released the line yet as well. But she wanted to pre-order something. Oh, cool. So, and then I just got got along with her as well as friends. So I, I asked her to come on board. Um, but as to your question about what is a Superfly Honey ambassador, to me, I think they're girls who align with me in terms of values because if they align with me in values then they align with the brand because the brand is essentially what I believe in and obviously they all have to be pole dancers or aerialists um but they they don't have to be um professional or they don't have to own pole studios they don't have to have they don't have to like win awards or anything like that just to have the same values and to be passionate about pole dancing or silks Oh, that's, so it's yeah. like a spirit. They embody a spirit as opposed to having to pre-qualify, you know, by titles or something like that. Yes, exactly. No, no qualifications, no titles. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any qualifications or titles myself. It's, I think <laughs> you just need to be passionate about polling and I think you need to be yourself. So they're all passionate in dance and in their own lives as well and just be inspirational in their own lives. And that's all I think I really need really to be a Superfly Ambassador. Cool. Yeah, I definitely get that from your brand. I think that's why I was drawn from it. It's not intimidating at all. You have like a very, very positive, um, very positive vibes, very like fun outlook on things. And, you know, in addition to your stuff being really nice. So yeah. And you mentioned that you started um, promoting on Instagram prior um, to the release. Yes. Um, and so I kind of, before we talked and I knew that you did finance in my mind, I was like, I bet she did something in marketing or branding. Cause I feel like <laughs> you really effectively grew your oh, brand you. so quickly. <laughs> and apparently that's not the case. So, so do you have an approach to social media? Um, or do you, do you have any tips for us or what do you think that has made Superfly Honey so successful on social media so quickly? <laughs> I think with social media, um, it's essentially my voice or like their own voice or their own outlook on life or on issues. And so I think at the time when I was starting Superfly Honey, I think I'm the type of person that is motivated. You know, everyone has ups and downs in their life, right? I'm a person who is very motivated by the downs in my life. I think that really gives me the energy or the motivation to do things. <clears throat> so I think at that time, that's when I started Superfly Honey as well. And so it gave, so with the social media, 
I think I put a lot of me in it and it's just a lot of my thoughts, what I was going through in my mind at that time. And I wanted the social media account to be not too salesy. I think it's a very give and take relationship. I see it as a relationship with your followers or your fans and it's give and take. So it shouldn't always be about um, buy this, look at this mm-hmm. and, you know, go on the website and I'm releasing this um, new product and go jump on the website and buy it now. It should really be a lot of giving. So um, I think a post should be inspiring, entertaining, educating, um, I share a lot of posts of other customers in Superfly Honey. If I think they did something interesting on the poll, I would share it and say, hey, try this. Um, if they did a photo shoot with a really cool pose, I'd go post it and say, you know, this can be photo shoot inspiration for your next um, photo shoot. So I tried to give back in that the post should always kind of, you know, you look at it and you go, oh, okay, I can see how this adds value to my life somehow. Um, and I do a lot of contests. So at the beginning when I launched, just to get to know my followers better, um, I did a lot of contests asking them, um, for example, I did one which was really popular. It was, when you're not a pole dancer, what do you do? I remember that. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> other people did it after you. And I was like, I oh, know, super fly, honey, do that. <laughs> first <laughs> not to sh- throw any shade but I do <laughs> I do remember <laughs> and I think that really you know it gets everyone to know each other a bit more outside of our you know pole community yeah. and then another thing I did was um I did a contest asking what was your number one tip for pole dancers just starting And I got a lot of great responses, so I put that in a PDF and then I released that out for people to download for free. Um, So that's part of kind of giving back and it really, I think, helps with the community feeling as opposed to just being a brand that only tries to sell. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what uh, contributes to part of the success of the Instagram account. Yeah, because then, you know, also you feel like you you aren't just like supporting a corporation. You're like, oh, I know she know, like she's <laughs> like she liked my photo or she like, you know, yes. uses her conversational tone when she's, you know, doing these posts like you feel like, you know, her, and you're like, oh, yeah, I got to buy from my girl. <laughs> so or exactly. like, oh, she's like me, like that's, you know, that is my type of spirit. There is something about connecting to like the the ethos of a brand where you're like I connect to that like that's me I align with that so that (laughs) seems like what you're doing now that you describe it so thank you yeah um yes it is definitely just me there is there's I do all my social media accounts I do okay I was gonna ask it's all the comments is me everything I post is me I don't hire anyone can't I don't think I can afford to hire I'm not at that stage yet (laughs) You can it's definitely tell. not a corporation. It's just me. I was going to ask. So, do you hi- do you hire anyone? I mean, I'm sure you have like subcontractors, people that you work with when in production. But is Superfly Honey just you? It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I may not reply to everyone's social media comments, you <laughs> or I might take a long time because it really is just me. So, so, I don't. Know, sometimes I feel bad. Sometimes I feel like I should hire someone because you know how people write the nicest things, yeah, like you know, on social media. But you know, sometimes I miss it or I don't have time to comment on all of them. Well, anyone um, listening, just know. Obviously, you can tell that you have the best of intentions and you have like a huge heart, so you aren't <laughs> slighting anyone. You can tell. I know that it is like a way to up your numbers or you know whatever. And I feel like if you're McDonald's, yeah, but. You know, I can tell sometimes when people are not them commending on my posts, and I'm, it gives me yeah. like, it makes me all like, <laughs> it gives, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm like, what do you ha- like outsource someone to like comment on my post? Just don't fucking comment on my post. But you know, you hear about that in sales seminars, I guess, or something, or people offer the service. So. I respect you for doing it all yourself and will not hold against you if you never respond to something I comment about. I try. I will try to respond. But thank you. That doesn't. That means a lot to me because um, I think social media is 
I think in terms of marketing or advertising, it is the bread and butter, I think, for Superfly Honey at this stage, especially for small labels. You know, we can't really afford advertising because Instagram is free. So that is why it's the bread and butter. And I put so much effort into it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's, it's proven successful. So your efforts have been worth it. <laughs> Thank you. Do you, um, on that topic, do you do any other um, things to promote your brand? Do you um, do um, like expos or conferences or do you, um, do you like vend at competitions or do you sponsor competitions, anything like that? I sponsor a few competitions that um, <coughs> my brand ambassadors um, have gotten me involved in. Oh, cool. So Shane Evans, who you spoke to, I did a few things with her. So she, um, there was a tour in Australia, a pole competition in Australia that I sponsored the apparel for, for the opening dance. And um, she got Maya to wear Superfly Honey. So I thought that was super cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, this was, we had Kelly Yvonne on the podcast before too. And that's yes. the competition in Australia. That was her yes, that's oh, the one. Gotcha. And then. And then last week there was a pole comp called Pole Superstar and that was organized by Haley Morris who is a brand ambassador in Sydney. So she got me involved in that and I got to be a pole judge for the very first time oh. in my life. <laughs> and How then was I sponsored that? It was exciting. It was the best. You get the front row seat. <laughs> No one blocking and, you. <laughs> no one blocking you. And you got to sit there at the front and get the eye contact of the pole dancers yeah. as they're trying to show you their moves and wow you. And I was very wowed. It was amazing. So um, I sponsored the um, for, like the prizes for that as well. So just small events like that. Yeah. And then with expos, I am not so much involved. Just maybe um, I, I do – like um, a flyer in the booklets okay. for some of those expos. But at this stage, I'm still very small and it's, it's kind of too much effort for me at this stage to do it. But that is definitely something that I hope to look into in the future when I have more time and know a bit more about how to run these events. Yeah. So what is your trajectory moving forward? Are you looking to grow? Do you want to get to that point where yeah. you can hire people, even if it's not hiring someone to do your social media content, <laughs> perhaps someone to do this, another task? <laughs> Definitely. I can think of a million jobs that I can hire people to do when I can afford it. Um, my, my trajectory is that my long-term goal is that I want to be the Chanel of Polar one day. <laughs> like classic yes is that classic, what you mean? classic have carl lagerfield work design for you someday <laughs> like i hum like beautiful pole wear that is sexy but also graceful and not compromising on quality because there are other pole labels out there and I, I don't really like the quality like the quality is not my thing not my type of quality that I want so I want the quality to be always as good as it is now and then I want to scale bigger but without losing the quality and the <coughs> personal um, touch of the brand and I think that will be my greatest challenge yeah. because I think what people like about the brand at the moment is that it is very personal and I don't want to lose that when I grow. So I'm just trying to grow slowly and at a pace where I can still keep what's so good about Superfly Honey right now. Um, but as for growing, I would love, love to go into male pole. Ah, <laughs> that would be cool. I would love to see what you came up with for, for <laughs> male pole for sure. I haven't started, but I've got, you know, ideas in my head at the moment for it because I, I – I, Sorry, go on. Now, say, is there a is there a male pole dancer who like is in your head that you specifically want to design for? Um, no, not okay. particularly. There are a few that I follow, and so I'm not sure whether to go down the um, classic kind of all black or, or the more kind of flamboyant. Like, because you know, super fly at the money at the moment, it's um you know black and white and very classic. But with male pole wear. I'm not sure if I want to go down the more flamboyant and colorful and, you know, crazy design 
um, I don't know, futuristic kind of look. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I so think- I'm still kind of forcing that in my head, what to do with that. Because then if I go on the flamboyant side, it kind of um, veers away from the black and white classics of the fly honey side. Maybe you do both. Maybe I do both and, and do two labels. Yeah. <laughs> two separate labels. A little like capsule collections of like, this is some crazy shit. It's not going to be available all the time. So grab it up now. <laughs> You're exactly right. I can do both. Yes. That's good. Don't limit yourself. <laughs> I won't. Cool. So, um, so now let's um, move on to the second part of the interview. Um, and I'm interested to hear your answer for this. Uh, who was your pole crush? Wow, pole crush. <clears throat> I would, this might sound cheesy, but I think it would have to really be my brand ambassadors. <laughs> uh... <laughs> because I think I, as, I think I'm closest in terms of, you know, pole community world, I'm closest to them. And I do know a lot more, I mean, about their journey and where, how they got into pole and the challenges that they faced going into it. Um, Whereas, you know, they may not be the most, like, professional or advanced or, yeah. you know, pole athlete. Um, but I think I know their journey more and so I can – I think I admire them as a person and their pole journey more and so I think they would be my pole crush. And, and of course, for all that they've done for Superfly Honey as well, of course. <laughs> Do you, by chance, have, like, their profiles up on your website? Yes, I do. I'm going to put that in the show notes so people can go into the show notes and then link and see all their stories that that you're referencing. (laughs) That would be great. Thank you. I'd love that. Yes, of course. And so how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? I would like to see it becoming more diverse. And I I listened to um, Shane's podcast with you. And but what she said is exactly true. How there are a lot of different groups of um, pole dancers, so sexy style, contemporary style, purely fitness style, gymnastics style, and there is some kind of like conflict a little bit between them. You know, like for example, some pole dancers don't like to be called pole dancers. They're like, we're not pole dancers. They're we're in pole fitness. fitness. Yeah. But I mean, as Shane said, we're, it's all a pole. And, you know, whatever your style is, it's still a pull and we should just appreciate everyone's style and we should be ourselves. So if we don't feel like being, you know, a bit more sexy, but it doesn't mean that, you know, we should judge other people who prefer the more, you know, sultry style. So I would like to see a more unified kind of pole community in that way where you do celebrate all types of pole dancing and males. I would love love to see more male pole dancers. (laughs) Yeah, they're and, they're coming out every day. Yes. Like, find more of them on social media. <laughs> yes, and as they and as there are more male pole dancers, I hope there's more couple polling as well. Because <laughs> I think that's so. I don't know. Have you seen the couple polling pictures? Or it's so sweet and it's so romantic. Huh. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, relationship goals. <laughs> I don't think I want my significant other to pull because I don't, I want him to always look at me like, holy shit, how does she do that? <laughs> like, I definitely see the appeal of, of being in a relationship with someone's polls. Like, um, if I'm, it's Lindsay Lith and, um, is it Carlos yeah. Franco? Yeah. Um, they are married and they're both pullers and she posted a really cute video of him spotting her. Um, the other day on Instagram and, and yeah, that melted my heart a little bit. So I definitely see, (laughs) you know, I see your side on that of how that would be really rad to just have like a spotter around all the time. But then another side of me says like, oh, but I want to be, I want to seem like a unicorn to him. Like (laughs) how the hell did she do that layback or, you know, some, even something like that. I want to always be magical (laughs) to him. So it's. It's, I can see it from both ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure there are some. Yes. I know what you mean by you want to be the unicorn. <laughs> um, but I'm sure when you're training as a couple as well, there's a lot of like unsexy, unromantic parts to it where maybe you're sliding off the pole and like 
you're yelling at him going, why did you not hold me properly? You idiot. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're hurting me. I'm sure there's a lot of bad stuff. But on Instagram when I, or Pinterest, when I look at couple pollings, I'm like, that is so romantic. Yeah. I wanted to do that one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see what you're saying though. You just want to see like everything represented in poll in one way or form. You want to see the males, the females, the males, and the females, the females, and the females, the males, and the males of all different styles. Yes. I see poll becoming very big. Like, I think at the moment, it's still, I I think it's very small and very niche. Um, Just like, you know, when yoga was, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe, it was just for hippies. Or people who yeah, meditate. Yeah, because we were all doing like very... step aerobics and <laughs> I wear exactly. step aerobics now. Now yoga's huge. So. <laughs> but uh, yoga was just for hippies 10 years ago. And now it's such a, um, I don't know, common thing. Everyone does it. And it is here to stay. And I see pole in the same way. I mean, I don't think it'll be as big as yoga, but I think it has the capacity to be very much more bigger than it is now and when it does become that big I think it will be here to stay not like step aerobics (laughs) (laughs) yes that's not a thing anymore but I think pole is gonna stay a thing yes I I, think so I agree with you (laughs) awesome so um do you have anything coming up that you'd like to share with us and like how can we find you on social media you are superfly honey on instagram Superfly Honey World on Instagram because Superfly Honey was taken. <laughs> so Superfly Honey World on Instagram and then on Facebook, it's Superfly Honey. And the website is www.superflyhoney.com. Gotcha. Do you focus most of your efforts on Instagram? Instagram. Um, everything I post on Instagram is also on the Facebook page. But Instagram is much more, um, have a much larger following. Okay. And I think, I think that's just because, you know, in pole dancing, it's Instagram is all about, uh, pretty pictures. So I think Instagram does much better for me in terms of, um, marketing. I have a theory that people have more anonymity on Instagram. Like I know personally, I follow more pull on Instagram, obviously, and I'm not just talking, I'm talking about my profile that no one knows about, my personal, because I feel like on Instagram, it's not, people can't see my wall. People can't see things like that. So I can get really into a topic that I am really (laughs) family on Facebook because I don't need them like, you know, it's not like I'm shameful or anything like that, but there is kind of like, this is my thing and I have it on Instagram and no one can be like, you know, seeing what I'm following or what yes. I'm commenting on where Facebook really is more of like a friend's yes. kind of family it's thing and intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I like to like maintain that for maintain like for, <laughs> I like to maintain that for relationships and then yeah. Instagram for my hobbies and and yes, stuff. A, a lot of my friends have a Instagram account that is purely for poll and nothing personal on it. Yeah. And so you're exactly right when, when you say people have Instagram for their hobbies and interests and then they keep relationship, uh, Facebook for relationships. Yeah. That's so my I think, experience. So that maybe that's the reason why my Instagram following is much higher as well than my Facebook one. Yeah. And you're really good at it. Are you on <laughs> – give yourself some credit. Thank you. Are you on Thank like Snapchat you. or anything like that? I don't really know what that is, but I feel safe <laughs> to ask you. <laughs> No, but um, people have told me that I should get on Snapchat because that is the thing for the age gap between um, 13 and 20s okay. and Snapchat is a huge thing there. Um, but I can't, I feel like I can't manage as in like, I can't one. even, yeah, like I can't even um, reply to everyone's comments on Instagram um, in a timely manner. So if I open up Snapchat, then I think I'd just be like, um, doing too many things at once without putting enough effort into one platform, which is what I was saying to you earlier about I want to grow, but without losing the personal touch to it as well. But um, Snapchat has been on my mind, <laughs> but I'm not on it yet. Okay. I was just curious. I was like, is, who's on this? Yeah. I mean, for me, 
I'm older and I feel like my, you know, my audience is a little older, so I don't need to reach 13 year olds. I don't know what I would do with 13 year olds. Like I dabbled in um, uh, Periscope for a little bit and it was awful. Like it is just like 13 year old trolls being that like, Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't. I didn't have a good experience, so it wasn't. I wasn't really like connecting with anyone um, mm-hmm. that I, of value that you know I was interested in, and then that I felt was like authentically interested in me. So um, I don't. I didn't know if Snapchat was the same thing, but um, hey, <laughs> if anyone has experience on Snapchat, come over to the Pole Parlor Facebook group and please let us know. <laughs> what we're missing yeah and tell it let us know if we should be on it (laughs) I'd like to know too actually because I mean I've been on my friend's snapchat and all that but I haven't seen many poll snapchat profiles too much so I'm I'm not sure about that space but I would be really interested to know as well what's happening in snapchat and if I should be on it yeah let us know what we're missing out on (laughs) (laughs) yes Cool. And so um, before we say goodbye, can you leave us with an empowering message or quote or anecdote just to to sign off with? Yes. So I think with Superfly Honey and Paul in general, I think I learned just to be yourself. And for me, I I know that sounds very generic and cliched, (laughs) but it, it really is what defines the brand. It is essentially me. And I found that when I was myself, I'm more grounded and more happy and I feel so much more carefree than I used to be in working in corporate in a job that I didn't like. And I think when I started um, Superfly Honey, I had a lot of naysayers saying, what are you doing? You you don't know anything about fashion or, or manufacturing or production or starting a label. You should just stick to what you know because, you know, People are very traditional. I mean, I don't know. They have a, If they can't do something, they think that you can't do something. And I think a lot of people have so many ideas of how you should lead your, your life without knowing how to lead their own life. <laughs> so, I, so I think just if you want to do something, go for it. Um, just be yourself. And I think as pole dancers or aerialists, aerialists we – I think we can all understand that because, you know, when you dance, you are kind of yourself or you kind of let loose. If you're stressed, you jump on the pole, you release all your emotions or whatever and you're fine again. And I think that all comes down to being true to yourself. And I think amazing things can happen when you are true to yourself. I like that. So that's something that I really learned from pole and from Superfly Honey. (laughs) Yeah, and you can tell you're super happy. So <laughs> you are a testament <laughs> <Yeah>. to that. <laughs> I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Sheena, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was really fun talking with you. <laughs> thank you. Likewise. It's the first time I did a podcast like this. So you did. Sorry if I'm a little nervous, but it was a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> you did better than me, and I've been doing this for a while. So no worries. <laughs> thank you you're welcome (laughs) bye bye (laughs) thank you for listening to the pole parlor podcast want more visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website youtube itunes stitcher or soundcloud lots of love babes thanks for listening